0: Steve, Penn State, they're on fire.
1: On a roll. That's great.
0: On on a roll. It feels, it's good. Um, this feels nice. It feels normal, and now the Steelers season is derailing.
1: So (laughs) that's that's good.
0: That's good.
1: Yeah, it it did feel normal. It felt normal, at least the Rutgers thing, in, in a lot of old school ways, right? Like. Run the ball, get ahead comfortably at halftime, and don't do much in the second half and the clock moves and the game ends.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll chat about that. We'll chat about this weekend's game for the greatest trophy in all of sports, the Land Grand Trophy. Um, we will also talk about the X's and O's and how X's and O's are discussed. That will lead us into a conversation about analytics in sports, which I'm interested to hear your takes on because I do feel like this is a generational thing. And then speaking of generational things, I'm going to ask you if you've heard of any of my art, the artists in my top ten songs for 2020, according to my Spotify Unwrapped. Oh, okay, cool. So I, I, I'm interested to see how you do. Um, oh, by the way, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve. Steve. Steve, as we mentioned, Penn State is 2-0, and and they looked good. Like, there was maybe, like seven minutes in the third quarter where they were kind of going back to the 0-5 team but they looked good like that was a good looking football team on, on Saturday
1: yeah I think that's the football team in many ways a lot of people expected coming into the season um, again, you know it was a, it's a Rutgers team that, that's that's not great that's improved that, that is not great but yeah in terms of, of a TV watch in terms of, of, of if you're a fan of the team wanting them to perform well the pieces seem to be there you know they 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 executed the simple stuff, didn't make big mistakes, didn't turn the ball over that we talked about early on. Um, and it, for me, it had kind of the feeling I felt like I've watched that Rutgers game, that kind of Rutgers game, many times in my life. You know, they dominate them in the first half. It's 21 to three at the half. They end up winning 24 to 10. And the second half's kind of a yawner just because nobody's going to do anything stupid and the other team's not talented enough to come back and win. And in that way, it felt really familiar as a Penn State Rutgers game.
0: I was. I think it was Corey Geiger who wrote it on on his column or, or Twitter this week that it was still like still the little brother syndrome of of Penn State and Rutgers, and I kind of agree with that. Like it, uh, as you said, it it a lot of ways felt like one the team that we come to expect and see every week at least now or normally, um, and I, you know I, I didn't really see the only thing I think Jordan Stout maybe had a couple. Kicks, but I think it was super windy. Um, Sean Clifford played really well. There wasn't a lot wrong. Like, I, it, had this team showed up week one, or had the call against Indiana, and I know we go back to this a lot. Had that call gone a different way, I, I think that this team is not a two and two and five team. I, I really don't think that. Do you Do you think that the Indiana thing kind of started a case of the yips. You know how when a, a basketball shooter gets on a case of the yips and can't can't get their groove back and then it's it's all about finding that groove again. Like do you think that's what happened? Or do you, you, know, you think they are Yeah, no, the as shows? we
1: play as we play bleacher seat, you know, psychologists and try to get into the mentality of the team. I think it was that or you know, my other analogy would have been just building on success, some success. It's a young team comparatively, you know, you you getting into new leaders and they had something go wrong. And I, and I don't know that they had somebody to pull them out of it, and they certainly weren't going to get pulled out of it. Even if they played well, they weren't getting pulled out of it against Iowa, Ohio State, probably. So then you're looking at 0-2 after people thought, oh, we're going to be half decent. And I think there was some maturity that came there. I think there was some, some growing up and, and some dealing with, with the challenges and the sacrifices and the things that went wrong, and learn how to figure them out. And I, I think they're, they're getting well mentally and physically at the right time against the right kind of teams, um, and, and I expect Michigan State's game to the Michigan State game to look on, in large part like the Rutgers game did
0: um one thing that I, not not necessarily me but a lot of people had complaints about and I don't know if you had a lot of complaints about Will Levis under center or well under shotgun center and he just runs the ball and he runs the ball if he runs the ball and he runs the ball did you did it annoy you
1: no, um, and here's why. I mean, and I had to think about it a second, but no, I mean, that's his job. That's what they want him to do in those situations. That's what's going to happen. So they're not going to try to fool you. They're just going to try to out-execute you with something they think this kid's better at than, than Sean Clifford or some package they think they like. And yeah, if he were the starting quarterback or the only guy getting reps, he was gonna need, he's going to need to be able to pass the ball. But that's apparently not what he does best right now or not what they want him to do best, at least. Um so no, I mean it's frustrating because again you're sitting in your living room or wherever you're watching it or listening to it, saying, well, okay, if he's in the game, he's going to run. Like why? You know, clearly they should just key on that and be fine. You know, so there's a part of me that that, that wants a jump pass somewhere along the line or a little something tricky, but I think there that they, they are there just to execute and prove to people we can do this to you and this is our best guy to do it. So if that's the case, go ahead and do it.
0: Here's here's my take. And I think this is this is the reality that I, it finally hit me, and it it date, dates back to Tommy Stevens, even though Tommy Stevens could throw the ball and did throw the ball. I think that Will's position, this Falcon, Lion, whatever we're calling it, position, is James Franklin putting in a fullback. I think this is Penn State's version of a fullback, and I think that's what people need to accept and... Maybe realize um, it's just a fullback with a direct snap, and and so he can get a little bit of running room started. Uh, to me, that's you know that's exactly what, what he did on Saturday. Is exactly what a fullback is supposed to do: mm-hmm. run straight forward with the ball, and you know pick up three yards, pick up a first down, pick up you know whatever they need. Uh, so I think people who are clamoring for a fullback and for them to go under center, like, need to, like, just open their mind a little bit and, and realize that that's probably actually what what Will is there for, is to be a, a fullback who is a little bit more of a threat than the big, bulky, you know, six-foot, 250 guy that's mm. just going to smash smash right down the middle. Because I think... because even if even if he does go out there and runs the ball 17 times or whatever it was there's still that threat of he can throw it and I think that that is just it's just a different way of looking at football and like I kind of I know that it's not a unique idea I know that even the Saints do it but I, I kind of applaud like Penn State on, on that idea because I think it's it's very interesting um,
1: it's yeah creative. I agree I, I think the thing that would have scared me the most and would have sent off the biggest panic buttons about the season is if they would have done something. Like it, it felt for a little bit, maybe when they were struggling and maybe I was watching it more critically or differently, it felt like the quarterback would step to the line to like look for his signals from the sideline more than he was doing it from four or five steps back in previous seasons. And I thought, oh gosh, they're not gonna do this. They're not gonna pull something under center just under be, to be cutie or, cutesy or different or change now that things aren't going right. And I'm happy that didn't happen. And I think I think you're right because, because, I, I didn't have, because that's their offense. That's what they've invested in for six or seven seasons, and said that's what we're going to do. So to betray that on a bad season would, would take a lot, of, take away a lot of, of things they've built. But yeah, he's a fullback with a few more choices. Um, the ball's coming right to him. It's kind of like a wildcat and a fullback mixed in one. Yeah, yeah, that's And, a good way and, to it's, look and at. it's what they do. So oh, would I like him to pass once or twice just to you know to prove they could do it? Yeah, but if they're only doing it to prove they can do it, and what they really want to prove to do is that they can run the ball out of this formation with this kid and get the yards they need to get when they get them, that's kind of what the imposing the will part of football is all about, and, and that's what they did in large part Saturday.
0: Yeah, I agree. That, and that's a good – the imposing the will, no pun intended, like that is a good way of of looking at it because that – I don't want to say that that turned the game, but that was definitely what was building some momentum on offense, at least, were, were in a couple of plays that they were able to use him on and use him in successfully. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, mm. Anything else you want to add there?
1: No, no. They, did no. What they, they drew up what they wanted, and they did it. And, and I think that's to be commended for them. So good for them.
0: Um, real quickly, it, it is Tuesday evening as we record this. I have to ask, do you think Ohio State should go to the, the Big Ten championship, if, if they're assuming they're the healthy ones, which they
1: are? Well, the ADs and the coaches are the ones who agreed to the six the six game rule when they did it, right? It wasn't imposed on them by the president. So I think they will go. Um, I, I think it'd be hard to argue are that they aren't the best team in the West because they beat Indiana. I don't need to see them play Indiana again at Indiana to prove that to me. Um, and they are the best chance the Big Ten and college football has if you look at their TV viewership numbers for Ohio State games, which are just amazing. Um, to, to be in the college football playoff, so yeah, I think they will go. Um, I, I but I wouldn't be torn if they weren't if they didn't. Uh, but I think that may be more of a, an anti Ohio State thing. I think if it was Penn State and they were five and zero oh and the rule was six, I'd probably think they should go. So I guess if I step back and think of it that way, sure send them. I don't you know. Yeah, you wrestling with it more than I am.
0: Oh, I've been wrestling with it. I I get everything but I don't know what does what does Ohio State going to to Indianapolis and scorching northwestern prove like what like what questions does that answer that we had about this team like they're a very good football team probably the best Ohio State team in the last few years even even I would say probably better than the one that, that went to the went and won the college football playoff like the first year um I don't know I I just don't see that it proves anything. I, I I would be fine with them just bypassing it and going to going to the college football playoff. And Indiana, if Indiana can play, play Northwestern for a Big Ten title. And there you go. There's your Big Ten championship, but Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I, and I wouldn't lose any sleep either way. I mean, and I think no matter what Ohio State does, even if they go to the Big Ten championship game and win, or for some reason they don't play in one, I think the best they should be in in the college football playoff is a four seed. Uh, I mean, just again, from the data points and the games played, that's where they're at. This might have been out of their control in some instances, but sorry, there's a lot of stuff that's out of teams' control in some instances.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially this year. All right, speaking of breaking down teams and, and, and everything that goes with that, this week we are discussing X's and O's and analytics so initially I threw out the idea of analytics Steve came with the X's and O's idea so this is gonna be this is gonna be a longer segment we might not break this into two segments it might get wrapped into one but I'm just gonna I'm gonna read your first question and I'm gonna let you lead the discussion because the X's and O's were your part was your your input this week on the rundown so you you wrote as a compliment to analytics which we'll get to in a bit uh, how much do we want X's and O's in the broadcast business?
1: Yeah, and, and I think, it's funny, I think you texted me during the Steelers game early about the, the broadcast being a mess. And, and, which and, it was. And, and not a couple minutes later, uh, Moose Johnson did a brief brief thing about a, a fake to a, a, a fullback, I think, drawing a linebacker's actions and where it went. You know, so we had a little circle on the guy, and which way he was gonna go. But they don't, they, that broadcast team doesn't go deep into X's and O's, and it varies greatly by broadcast team, by production capabilities, and I think by smarts of the analyst, right? Like, who's going to be able to tell you that somebody pulled in real time, and this is what's have, supposed to happen with that block, and this is how they draw it up, and this is what the quarterback's looking at. And I'm interested in, in some of that stuff. I don't need to get granular with it, um, but I think it can help the broadcast if you let me know, as long as I believe you, right? <laughs> and you got to explain it well. You know, the defensive end made this choice. This is what they're trying to make the defensive end do on this play to make this make it work. They're trying to make him make a choice. Whether he's going to pick the quarterback or the running back if it's a pitch play, if it's an option offense, or the the, the defensive back is in is in zone. Yeah. So this guy's going to break his root off a little bit sooner to to find a place to sit down for that short pass and do the. I think when they do those kind of things and can tell you why it worked or why it didn't, that's helpful. If it becomes a total chalk talk, I'm not in for that. Like I I don't need every every play diagrammed. But if you can tell me why something worked or why it didn't, um, I think that's helpful and informative. Um, And I think on NFL, I think on most broadcasts, it's not like you have a preponderance of casual viewers. I mean, nobody just stumbling over games saying, "Oh, I don't know football, but I'll just stop and watch this because the uniforms are pretty." That that just doesn't happen. You have people who are football fans, so I think you can go a little into deeper into X's nose if you want, and I think probably analytics too, because people are more informed. I think you have more people who care about analytics watching games than are casual viewers who just stumbled over it.
0: Hmm. There's a lot there.
1: Yeah, no. um, <laughs> I kept going and going like the Energizer Bunny. No, that was good.
0: So my thing is i either want them or i don't like there i don't like the in between on them okay i i don't like the like we're going to dance around and like this guy did this and this was bad you got to explain to me why it was bad what he should have done right yep or don't don't even bother addressing that and make it a conversation and i think as you mentioned like it does vary amongst the broadcasts i feel like even the new Monday Night Football, with, with the minds that they have there, it's still a conversation, and it's, it's very much more of a conversation as, a, as opposed to a film study. And I, I don't mind the film studies, and I don't mind the conversations. I will say, as I've gotten more into soccer, um, as I've gotten older, that broadcasting style, like, they don't really do any of those X's and O's. Like they don't Because they, they don't really have the time to do it. And, and the
1: play doesn't stop either.
0: Right, the play doesn't stop. And I find it... I find that it is not as good as when they are breaking it down. Like, when Tony Romo or Troy Aikman really pauses the game almost and breaks it down. And that's what I want. Like, I want the detailed conversation. I want. I don't want you to just be like, oh, he should have went here as opposed as to over there. Like, break it down. Like, show me how the play developed. And I think that is a little bit of that is one the video games in me like i think that actually comes from from playing video games is like it how, how can i beat my opponent mm-hmm. and two like that's just the curiosity in me personally like i want to i i didn't play football growing up i didn't play you know the only sport that i really played growing up was hockey so that's the only sport that i can i know and, and can and really break down and understand so i i want you to explain it to me i want to learn more like I was probably in college before I learned how to read a defense, like, truly read how to de- read a defense in football because I just didn't know, and it was like, okay, I need to learn this. Like, my friends are talking about this. Mm-hmm. There's He's in nickel, he's in dime. Explain to me what the difference is. Like, like I need to, like, watch. I literally Googled it and YouTubed it, and, and I think, I think, so I think it's either all or nothing, and I know that's a weird opinion to have, but I really like watching on like during college football games or during the college football playoff rather I really like the aspect of um, the, the coaches room where they have mm-hmm. all of the coaches in like the game's playing and it's like going on but then they're still talking about like two plays prior to that they're talking about that decision and to me that's interesting I think um, I, I think the other interesting thing is like I, I do like I think I like it better when coaches do it as opposed to former players do it and okay because they are always explaining the logic a little bit more because that's their job. Like their job is as a coach to break it down so that this person can – somebody else can understand it. It's like a teacher as opposed to a former player who – former player knows all of this stuff, but oftentimes, you know, they can't can't convey it properly. I think that's one of the reasons why Booger McFarland wasn't very good. Um, You know, I I think there's some other guys – um, out there that, that, that could do a better job of that. I do think do you think the quarterbacks do it significantly better than any other player or any other position? I don't think maybe linebackers. That's the only one that. But I don't know. Matt Millen has sort to kind of turn me
1: off on that direction. He was great early on, but it's just he's just getting older. Um, I, I think the Steeler the Steelers game on the fourth the goal line stand with well, the goal line fail from their perspective. Right? We have a fullback in the booth in Moose Johnson, who who doesn't. Doesn't talk to us about how they're blocking it or not blocking it up front or doesn't raise the possibility of why isn't the Steelers using their, their fullback here? Or what, for, for me, it, it felt like watching that that fail that the Steelers were there to to try to impose their will to say we are the better team This is how it, and we're gonna prove it here and we're not gonna pass it We're not gonna have something cutesy and we're not gonna do whatever and it was interesting to me that the broadcast didn't Catch that feel or then didn't say here's what they were doing. Here's here's how uh, Washington's, you know, pinching, or or if to your analytics piece of it, what is the Steelers and it's not even really analytics; it's just a stat. What are the Steelers on fourth and one this year? Right. What, what you know because they they probably weren't good. And what's the Steelers' average per game? You know, their running game has been awful this season. Can we quantify that? Like they didn't have that in that broadcast. Those, even those superficial stats and context that would have been helpful in that situation for a casual fan to say, well, then what the heck are they doing doing this? Why don't they roll the seventeen-year quarterback out and give them something?
0: Yeah, and I do think, I I, I do, I I hadn't really thought about that until you said it, but it does vary a lot between broadcaster and, as you've talked about before, like, it depends on who's working with them in the booth. Like, if it's the the A1 broadcast, of course you're going to get better stats, you're going to get better insight, but then, you know, if it's the the sixth team on the the Fox broadcast, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get, like, you're just not going to get that, because there's a reason that they're the sixth team and not the first team. Um, whether it be quality of production or just who's doing it and how well they're doing it
1: Um,
0: the the one other question that I thought you asked here that's really interesting is do they work better in some sports versus other sports I, I think that's definitely the case I think like baseball it doesn't really work in like Mm -hmm. it it just doesn't even the shift like i think everybody can kind of understand the shift okay the second baseman is now closer to the first baseman this the shortstop is now on the other side of second base Mm -hmm. and like that's pretty much it everybody can kind of understand that um but i do think there are some sports that could do a better job at it like and now keep in mind that i don't watch the nba or a ton of college basketball but I think the NHL could do a better job of it because, again, they have a lot of former players doing it who that's their expertise. So it's they've already ha- can, they can translate it in their mind, but it's hard for them to translate it back out as a, as information. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it does work better in the NHL because the game does stop it, at certain points. But I wish that there were. Um, I wish that sometimes, as opposed to an in-game interview or a commercial break, which I know you need the commercial breaks. Like, wish you would spend five minutes breaking down actually how this power play happened, how this goal happened, how this happened. Because then, you know, then your audience is going to learn. Then you don't have you are educating your audience all the time, but like then your audience is going to have a better conversation, and then that makes them a better fan. They you know they start questioning why. Why did so-and-so do this? Why are we getting this guy in for this team when we don't really run this system? Things like that. Um, I would like to see more of. I know that the Canadian broadcasts do, do do a good job at that. Um, I do think one thing, and I'll let you, you kind of rebuttal here, but I do think one thing that we talked about the other week was with football, I really think it would be more interesting if there was some way where okay, you had, like, offensive guy and defensive guy in each booth, or you had an offensive guy and a special teams guy in each booth, and they could really kind of come into each game and pause the game for a second and break it down. Like, talk about why, like, perfect example would have been the punt last night in the Steelers game that that probably should have been kick-catch interference. Like, break it down. Like, okay, why did this guy actually block him into this guy? Like, talk about the coverage there that led to that, as opposed to, all right, here's what happened. Okay, the Steelers have the ball. Let's go. Let's go play
1: football. Right. Well, and even that wasn't clear what happened. I, a second voice in the booth, offense, defense, and football would be a better use of talent and a better way to serve viewers than a rules analyst. That's a good point. Get, get again. I believe that the solution to the NHL, the NFL's problems is just full full transparency. Give me access to the league officials making the difference. Let's hear what they're doing. Let's do whatever, like the AAF did or the XFL or whoever it was. And I think they both might have tried it. But the offense defense thing, yeah, that would be great. I mean, there's there's times every play when I look look at it, and again, I know a thimble compared to what they do, but again, Steelers Steelers Washington on Monday, Alex Smith makes a pass to somebody going across the middle. They were on the left hash, and the the Steelers defensive back was on his out was on the receiver's outside shoulder on the other hash realistically that's the smallest piece of the field. You, you know, you got the sideline to help guard him. Why would you ever, why would you, why would there ever? And I, I, don't, I don't know, because I don't know, but I'm curious. Why would you ever be on his outside shoulder there when he's got two thirds of the field to run across? Cut off, the, cut off the more obvious and easier throw and let him throw it over top of you toward the sideline if you think there's a route that could go there. It'd be great to hear that kind of back and forth. Somebody say, well, here's what I saw. This is why he did that. And I think that'd be better than a rules analyst. I mean, in terms of explaining the X's and O's.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree.
1: In terms of your analytics, who do you trust? Like, what numbers matter to you? Like, everything we're talking about well, for, so for X's and O's is 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 kind of drawn up in and whatever, and, and what ifs and maybes. There, in terms of your numbers, what do you trust and want to see?
0: There, hold on, I want to go back to one point okay. there because you you just made you did make a good point about the offensive defensive guy. In hockey, in the in North America, in America, the number one broadcast is NBC, and it was Doc Emmerich, Eddie Olczyk, and Brian Boucher. Eddie Olchek is a former player, and Brian Boucher is a former goalie. And you're yeah. kind of getting that, and I I know people harp on NBC, and I am one of them, but their broadcast, when they brought Brian Boucher in, got significantly better. One, Pierre Maguire was gone, but two, he's a goalie, so he's gonna see things from the defensive side, as opposed to Eddie O, who's gonna see it for a little bit more from the offensive right. side. Yeah. Um, okay, on to analytics. So, that question you just asked is a very good question, and because i i am definitely more into it than the average person that like i read a lot of analytical breakdowns like i read everything that the athletic puts out about the nhl on their analytics and i think there's there's a there's one misconception that i think that I think a lot of people get wrong and like there's there's been this derogatory term around derogatory stigma around the word analytics mm-hmm. that I think like I personally like believe that this is true like goals are analytics the 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 first down percentage that you were or the third down percentage you were just talking about that's mm-hmm. an analytic so I think I think that you know there are there's two things that I think, people who write about it do a much better job than people who talk about it on because people that talk about it probably are just kind of looking off a sheet whereas the people who write about it are the ones actually crunching the numbers um and i think other thing is like they i think that that there would be a much better and you might know this better than me because you kind of grew up in this area but like there was a period in time like when the scoreboard wasn't on on TV like and now like people are questioning like where's the scoreboard or where like right. where are the stats like like even yesterday on Fox like they got the little thing right beside the quarterback that says how the quarterback's doing like i think i think there's a wall that, that can be broken there and i i have some solutions on how to break that wall but i think that i think that there are just like i don't think anybody does them Bad analytics per se, but I do think one you either need to spend more time on them, or two, just increase the awareness about them.
1: Right. I mean, I think there's people who talk who talk football at least, right? Who aren't going to dig deep into stuff because that's not where they grew up on it. That's not where they lived, and, and, and they would just be reading something off a sheet. I I don't know that there's a lot of people on national broadcasts that I believe value analytics are trying to give me information from from that that realm not, of the sports coverage
0: not to be whatever but look at the average age of of people right. doing it it's people much older and a lot of the people that are doing hockey analytics are very or not very young but but much younger than a lot of the tv people because this is how they kind of yep. that's how they busted their way into the door right. like that's how they have gotten into the door
1: oh no i think i think you're you're spot on with that and not not to be you know whatever to anybody right I think, that's the change okay. gonna, I think that's the change we're going to see in the next five to seven years in broadcast and in media is, is what people are expecting they're going to consume and what they will consume or they're going to have options to consume it in a way that feels a little more mainstream and comfortable to them rather than having, here's the old way, oh yeah, we added a score bug and a couple of streaming stats, but here it is. I think people are going to have a way to, to get it and I think that the, the older people are going to have to adjust to saying, why am I getting this number? Why does it matter? Um, because it, it probably does
0: Well even look at I mean look at the technology itself the NHL is rolling out and kind of rolled out already the the player tracking technology. Mm-hmm. I know the MLS has it has it you know when I want to say it was the AAF and not the XFL um, when they were, were doing it they had an app where you could go yes. in and like you could literally watch the play like the little like dudes yep. move as the play was happening like you would actually see it before the tv because it was coming across so fast like i think that as technology gets better we're going to see that more i think it's only a matter of time before you know i know it's pie in the sky but the the football chip or there's a chip in the football Mm -hmm. and and there's chips in the the football pads and we're now knowing okay um terry kill ran down the field at 24 miles an hour as opposed and here's how quickly he did it and here's Everybody else who's hit that this year. And I think we're getting there. Um.
1: Oh, I think it exists. I think nobody's paying for it. Like, you see the Amazon Web Services commercials with it. You know, Christian McCaffrey is the new one now and the Russell Wilson ones, right, where they show how fast they ran and what they did. They're collecting that stuff, I think, from the NFL, at least, perspective, is they're so rich and powerful that they don't want to share it on a live broadcast unless they got somebody sponsoring or they can get it paid for like I, and maybe there's an agreement with the Players Association on how fast they can share stuff, too. That may be another thing in terms of the data they're collecting from players. Some of that may be you know proprietary or you can't do it live kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's coming. And, and I think that kind of stuff will make a broadcast better.
0: I, I do, I do. And I think, but I also think on the flip side of that, there are things that broadcasters could be doing um, that could make them better. Case in point, the NHL or the NBC does this sap insights thing which sap is kind of like a data company i guess i don't really quite know what sap does but that they sponsor it and like sometimes they'll give me a good analytics like they'll give me like you probably don't know what this is but coursey like they'll give you coursey mm-hmm. numbers and, and they'll break that down which um, kind of is pseudo a possession number in hockey um it's based off of shots where so sometimes they'll give me that but then sometimes they'll just be like Here's the guy's ice time. And, like, if we've been tracking ice time for, for the last 20 years now. Right. Like, this is not SAP-level data that I want.
1: Right.
0: You know, or they'll give me, these guys have combined on this many goals a year. Okay, like, that's not deep-level data. Like, I want, I, I want it really drilled down. I want to see, you know, from the right wing, what does this guy shoot on a Thursday type thing. And I know right. that's, like... Like, that's kind of crazy, but, oh, you know, going this zone or against this goalie or at this rank or whatever, like, give me that. I think that is very interesting. And and that just might be me personally, but I think, like, there is an appetite for it there. And I think the more that people can talk about it, You know, just like anything, really, like, there's going to break down that stigma of analytics are bad or analytics are stupid. Like, no, this is just a way to quantify all of those things that we've always said. These guys have more guts. These guys have more spirit. These guys have more whatever.
1: Right. And you see, again, I think it's so reliant on the broadcast team and the production crew. Um, You know, there was a little bit in in, uh, the Steelers game with... Roethlisberger's burgers completion percentage, you know, short, middle, and long passes, right? Which is hardly, again, as deep as you want it, but it, it, it's something, right? It's, and, and, and you won't, you know, I don't think they have that stuff prepared for every game. And for me, even as, as not as deep of an analytics guy, I would rather have that stuff prepared and ready to share with me than the little cartoon of the pirate ship uh, for Tampa Bay floating in the background when we talk about Tom Brady's stats on Sunday night. I, who cares? Like, right. yes you have some graphic designers that did some cool stuff with some from, from surface level stats give me something different that really matters
0: right um so let's let's dive into kind of two places that I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they do analytics but let's I think they're pretty controversial the first is 538 and and everything they do there and then the other one is Pff so 538 do you use their site do you check out their elo rankings do you every look once at in those? a while
1: like once a month, just kind of snooping uh, around. See, I check them every week. Like yeah. that is
0: like if I'm picking a game, like that's how I kind of do it. I'm like, okay, I think I trust this.
1: Okay, so, do yeah. You, I mean, do just you, I mean, I know that by reputation that they're good, but I'm not digging deep into them.
0: Okay. Do you so, Do you wish that there was more places like that? Do you think like and a lot of it's based off of like math and equations and stuff like that. So and everybody's model would be slightly different, do you wish that there were more competitors? Because I feel like they're kind of really the only one that kind of does that type of,
1: or do you just use it enough? I think there will be others, right, once once some of Nate Silver's protégés decide to launch their own stuff or find some venture capital to launch their own stuff. But he's he was like the early place, right, and, and, and has become the guy for ABC's election coverage and whatever else because he's brought that in the New York Times, like all those places where he built it out. So I think there will be more. Um, I don't, need more, I don't need more at a loss for, for quality though, right? Like if there's one place for me to count on, and I'm gonna get into it, if you want people to get into analytics and you want, the, want them to mean something, it's, you know, if I got five choices and I'm starting to figure out analytics and they all tell me something different, then I'm gonna say, well shit, analytics are crap. Like, right. cause they can't agree on anything. So I, there's a part of me as, as, as more people roll, roll into it that I'm, I'm better with having one place to kind of trust or be the main place. Although I do think competition's good.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I, there, I will say in in hockey, there is a lot of competition with that because that's how, like I said, a lot of people are trying to break through that way. And I find that very interesting. And I, I do try to read, like, like Money Puck has a different model than the athletic. And, you know, even the athletic guys, there's a couple – there's two guys that kind of do it. So they have different different models. And um, Sean Tierney is, a, is another guy charting hockey. Like, like, those places, they all do it differently – still get the relative ballpark because their their models are similar on, on predicting games predicting seasons and stuff like that um, but I, I do think that they're interesting so the and other one is
1: wanna... go, go ahead it amazes me like especially in hockey but that kind of stuff the value of that kind of stuff that it plays out I mean again with a puck bounce here and whatever else and a, and a, a sh- it that seems almost more in some ways hockey seems more um, fluky. In some other sports, although I know it's not, but it just seems like it like one goal means so much more. It seems that 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 numbers can get screwed up or things can get screwed up and maybe the analytics clear that up and I don't have an appreciation for that versus some other stuff where it seems like weird stuff may not happen quite as often. Not that it happens often, but like it could, I guess.
0: Well this sounds weird, but like look at look at Penn State hockey and Guy Gadowski, like his whole model is based off of shooting the puck yep. a bajillion times in yep. a game. And, and he has, apparently, I've never seen it, but he, apparently he has data upon data upon data to prove all of this. And, I mean, he, he's been fairly successful at it, so it, it, clearly it's working. It's not like it's just hocus-pocus and the numbers say one thing and the results say the other thing. So, speaking of co- more controversial um, uh, uh, analytics places, PFF, what, what is your take on pro football focus? Do you buy it, like... I wasn't aware of this whole like stigma around pro football, fo- pro football focus until this season, and I still I started listening to Pat McAfee. He hates them.
1: Well, and I don't know that I'm to that level. I'm just intrigued by the relationship, right? Like the biggest place you see pro football focus's presence on a weekly basis is Sunday Night Football. And who's the guy who's a, the main partner of pro football focus or owns it or whatever his relationship is is Chris Collinsworth, who also happens to be the color commentator for Sunday Night Football. So, I don't have a hatred for what they do. I have an interest in the business model and how it's relevant only on them for Sunday nights. And and I don't know that I see it on any other Sunday night or any any other Sunday NFL games. I don't know if that's in the bugs.
0: I don't see it there. I I do. I mean, I literally, as we speak, they just put out DeMarcus Lawrence's pro football grade is 90.2. I don't understand what that means, though. I I don't know. And and I've tried to read their... uh, not arithmetic but their methodology and i it basically boils down to some guy watching the game and basically giving grades
1: right and, and that's and, my understanding uh, of how it works and i mm.
0: i don't know I, I don't know if i consider that to be i mean i guess it is analytics because i was just the one saying that like any number is really an analytic but i don't i don't know I, I used to find it valuable, and then as I've followed it more and more, probably in the last two football seasons between college and the NFL, like I do think it helps better in college than it does in the NFL because in college it, 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 I think it works better, if that makes sense. Like, I think it, it causes guys to stick out that you're like, you know what? He is actually good, whereas I think there isn't that like confirmation bias in the NFL.
1: And I and I th- I agree. I think the thing that's interesting to me is how they, they they marketed it, which is great. And again, we have a college that needs to have kids that have marketing jobs and communications jobs, right? But you have your pro football focus, offensive player of the week and the defensive player of the mm-hmm. week, and this, you know, and then their college honors and all that. Talk about a machine of stuff that's just churning information from a, from a guy watching tape to do whatever. It's 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 savvy that way. So I you know I guess I have to respect it that way. But I don't know that I'm expecting it to make a difference ultimately in some ways, you know, I you know, I expect in my in my sense, in my world, Bill Belichick's coaching is still better than some analytics somewhere. You know, I mean in terms yeah. of
0: No, I agree um, with that. I, I, I do agree with that. I do think that there is some value in the human and tangible of of, of being a human versus what the dumpers are gonna say. You,
1: you know, know, and I think Guy Gadowski has reams and reams of stuff and I and I don't doubt that. And I think he probably says, oh, it's just just we're execute, got to play hard, shoot the puck. That's what we do. I do think that's kind of a, a surface level. Yeah,
0: I think that I know. In fact, I, I'm more than willing to bet my life savings, which is not very much. That that well, is I, I think there's a little bit it. of shock yeah.
1: gamesmanship there to how yeah, he talks like about I what think, it is yep. as opposed to what he could really go chapter and verse on telling you on why somebody's playing and what's going on right. and that kind of thing, Right. which, you know, I kind of respect. Yeah. All right. Steve,
0: it is it is time for your quiz this week. Um, right. As you know or may not know, do you know what Spotify is? I did. I was just listening
1: okay. to Spotify, Spotify this weekend.
0: Oh, there you go. All right. So Spotify, put again. out your <laughs> put out their did their unwrap thing. Okay. Where every year they tell you who you listen to, what songs you listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, gave me my top 100 songs as really any Spotify user would get them. I use Spotify every day. Like it is. It's the best subscription service that I pay for, besides the Athletic actually probably is the number one subscription service that I pay for. So my questions to you. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go down my list. Now, these are gonna be the first few. I wanna see how many of these people you recognize.
1: Okay.
0: Now, I admit it's a little skewed towards like this one like one subsection, but I, I think I think you'll recognize at least I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four out of ten of 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 however many names I read off. I'll try oh, okay. to do ten.
1: <laughs> we're gonna go through forty Do I get the four. We're gonna go to get the four.
0: Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna go to. You no, know. okay, all right. Dua Lipa. Do you know who Dua Lipa is? No. No. Okay. I'm not surprised. Dua Lipa is like the most famous pop star. One of the most famous pop stars right now. It's it's oh, all right. I'm sure I'm you've heard the songs. You've heard the songs. I'm Halsey. I'm what? Halsey. Yes. Okay, all right. Mac Miller. Yes. Okay, all right.
1: Pittsburgh rapper.
0: Yes. Wow, look at you. Look at you. All right, this next one super easy. A lot of people, I'm assuming your daughters included, will be mad if you don't get this one. The Jonas Brothers.
1: Yeah, Jonas Brothers, yeah. Okay, all right.
0: All right. Tones and I. No. No, okay, all right. Demi Lovato. Yep. Okay, all right. Uh Zara Larson.
1: No, but I've probably heard a song. It sounds more familiar than me in the first one. Okay. All right.
0: Harry Styles. Yep. Bonus points if you can give me what band Harry Styles
1: used to be in. He was in what? Uh one, whatever, one direction, right?
0: There you go. Look at that. All right. That. Cheat codes. No. No. Cool okay. name though. Young Gravy.
1: <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, I don't.
0: Okay. All right, last one is Sam Smith. Yes. Okay, all right. I think you were like five. I think like you like got high. like five there. Yeah. All right. That's not, that's not too bad. You have to go, we have to so go now, pretty far until we get to Hootie and the Blowfish in terms of. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's a newer Hootie and the Blowfish. So yeah, I'm Hootie good. would
1: have been my, more my brother than me anyway. But um, So how, now are you listening, Your home, so it's background music all the time when you're working, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: I yeah. can't. So I've been like, what I'll do is like, I will have, like, I will watch depending on what my day's like. If I'm trying to get work done, I listen to music. If I don't have a ton going on and I'm just answering emails, I'll have like a sports talk show on.
1: Right.
0: Um, but it it really just depends. Um, it, it like I said, it just depends. I but like I said, I use we we used to not have Spotify Premium and then we bought it or got it. It's the best decision we've ever made. I.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think we use just regular, just plain old and we'll have it. Although the daughter was here last week and we threw it up on the TV for noise, so now the account's on the TV, right, on the smart TV, so it's there, so I can switch around. We did Christmas music Sunday. Like, because Sunday, the Steelers weren't playing. I didn't care. Like, I, we, we didn't. I had a lot of reading to catch up on and whatever else. So we didn't turn the TV on for an NFL game Tool to catch the end of the Browns game, and that was it. And then we didn't even watch much of Sunday Night Football just because I was... Waiting for the Steelers game, so we did a lot of Spotify on Sunday, which was which was rare. And I'll probably do more honestly because sports talk radio has changed in state college, probably not for the better. And on ESPN, probably not for the better. So I'll be listening to less of that as background noise and maybe more music.
0: Do you do you do like do you have an Alexa?
1: We do, okay. but it's we don't use it because it's creepy. I know she's okay. listening. Right. We unplugged that's her. Fair. I don't trust that's her.
0: Fair. Uh, we we I, we use that's what we like. If Anna's cooking, she will she will listen.
1: To Spotify again. Usually. We have radios. We have a little under the counter little radio that. What's you know, a radio? I know. I'm, so, I'm so, I've, I've thinking about of... sending one for Christmas. I'm going to go to the estate auction and buy a radio. Thank it's going you. to show up on your door someday.
0: I'm telling you, I, I yeah, I don't think. Like I said, I don't. I mean, I guess technically, I think you can get. You I mean, one of those little
1: crank one. up ones, right? From like, like, from like, um, whatever. in case the, the world was
0: I, I forget what I was watching the other day. It was like. I was watching One Tree Hill. I don't know if you know. Yep. One... I know okay, one. I remember One Tree Hill. We've been pre or I've been watching it for the first time. And one of the characters pulls out one of those big, it was like a, it was almost like a boom box, but then it had like, I forget what it had on one side, it was battery powered. Then on the other side, it had one of those rabbit-eared antenna TVs. Oh, yeah. You don't know talk. It was like all in one. And it was- I had one of those. And I kind of want to go find it just to see if it still works. But then I'm thinking there were probably those big C batteries in it, They're and probably they probably these. just just yeah. melted or rusted through it, and it's completely destroyed
1: now. That's probably true. <laughs>
0: all right, it's your turn next weekend to, to pepper me with I'll some come up,
1: yep. type of
0: something. some some type of something. All right, well. As always, this has been this is a good show. I'm glad. I feel like we covered a lot there. I feel like that was a good conversation. Um, I'm 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 quite impressed that you have knew five artists at least. So proud of you for that. Um, mm-hmm. Subscribe subscribe to us and like us on Facebook. You can email the show. My mom was asking for the email. Um, it's stuff. says podcast at gmail.com to give us some feedback. And my Twitter handle is at says. Your Twitter handle is?
1: At Steve Sampson.
0: Got anything else you want to say?
1: That's it. Have a great week.
0: Yep. Go State. Bye now.